Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with amazing rising guests. And today we've got a special show, as always. You know, no matter who we bring on, they're going somewhere. We believe anyway. So, you know, we have, and today we have Amanda Cornett, and we've listened to her music, and she sounds really good, and we really believe that she's got a chance. Amanda, are you here? I am here. Can you hear me? Oh, hear you perfect. Per- loud yeah, awesome. I can hear you too. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yep, that's my wife, Sandy. So, hey, oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Some, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Know, some, people, some people almost think we're the Chris show because I do the most of the talking, but see, sometimes Sandy has to take care of her 11 or, I guess, one-year-old now today. That's right. Oh, one year old that's back right. Her birthday's today. Yes. She's one-year-old <laughs> oh, today. <laughs> <laughs> and and her little eight year old brother's excited about it. Oh, awesome. he is. He's like, do I get presents too? <laughs> yeah, and he's looking forward to cake. He's like, are we getting her cake? Are we getting her cake? Yes, <laughs> we're getting cake. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, you'll get some too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. So as we get started here, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are. Which of course I know I said it, but still, who you are, where you're from. And some of the hobbies you like to do outside of music, just let's get a little fun out of the way. Okay. Um, well, I'm originally from Spartanburg, South Carolina, uh, home of Marsh Tucker Band and a lot of <laughs> other great musicians. It's kind of hub city, and there are quite a few people from there, so hopefully I'm keep making them proud. And I went to school in Florida, so I'm kind of from the southeast is what I like to say. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, one of the things, I guess, Outside of music, I'm also like a big science nerd, so I majored actually in sports medicine uh, just Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to lose my passion for music by majoring in music, which some people think is crazy, (laughs) but I think it's smart. Um, Yeah. And I also do a lot of um, service projects. I do a mission trip every summer. I've been doing it for 22 summers, and it's one of my biggest passions, and um, it's such a blessing to be a part of. And then I also do some like little woodworking stuff for fun. Because I like to build stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool because, you know, a lot of people, are, they're like, well, my hobby is music. And I think it's good to have hobbies outside of music to keep it fresh. It Absolutely. You know, a lot of people say, if you ask in this town, a lot of, in Nashville, a lot of people, if you ask them who they are, they'll say, I'm mm. a musician. And I have an issue with that because I'm not – just a musician. I'm a lot of things, and that's one of my passions. It's something that I'm blessed to be able to do. That so. is really cool. So, what's something quirky about you that think people would find interesting? Oh, there's so many things. <laughs> I don't know if they'll find them interesting, but there's so many quirky things. Um, one, I guess. Well, one, I guess, is that I do like make earrings, and I make little crosses, and I build different little woodworkings and I don't even know how to call them wood carvings. I guess I like to mm-hmm. make stuff. I built a bookshelf for my office, a guitar case stand for my living room and for my office and different things like that. It's a different artistic outlet. So that's pretty cool. Make oh, any, make really any cool. money with that or I'm trying. So yeah. <laughs> if anybody wants to go to yeah. APC creates on Instagram, check out my stuff and, I'd be happy to make something custom. <laughs> there we go. Um, so what age did you know that, you know what, music is what I wanted to do? I started making up songs before I could probably talk. 
And I finally started <laughs> writing them down when I was nine. And the first time I, I pretty much kind of always knew. But the mm-hmm. first time I sang a song of mine, an original song of mine, um, on stage, and you know, in front of a real audience, uh, was when I was, I think I was 13. And it was at Lake June, Alaska in oh, uh, wow. North Carolina. And it was the first time somebody played the guitar for me because the time I wasn't skilled enough to play for myself. And uh, it was pretty, it was one of the most incredible feelings ever, getting to so you, sing a song that so I wrote. You, so. so you got the stage thing there on that one. <laughs> the oh, stage yeah. bug. Oh yeah, I mean it was, and it and you know I'd been on stage most of my life, but it was different mm-hmm. singing a song that I wrote, yeah. and getting to share so something that came from me only. Because yeah, there's more passion there and all that. It's more passion. It's more a lot more vulnerability when you're mm-hmm. when you're writing. I mean, acting is easy, but when you have to get up and sing about something that might be realistic to you, it's a lot. It's a mm-hmm. lot more exposing. And, you know, I love that you said that vulnerability because I think that people don't get it, you know, because there's a difference between a singer and an artist. A singer just sings. An artist yes. gets vulnerable. And, well, and I, think I agree. That, I've never heard it put that way, but that's absolutely true. And I think that – and that's why we love that when uh, almost everybody we're interviewing has been people who sing and songwrite. And I think that's where the vulnerability comes if you have your own. Because now, granted, I mean, I think I've seen a few exceptions, but for the most part, when a singer writes a song, they write it from their personal experiences, and that's powerful. Right, and sometimes it's sometimes it's a made-up experience, which I think acting has helped me with that. But but I think the key is. Yeah, the key I think is to be able to be able to emote whatever the emotion of that song is, mm-hmm. regardless of if you've experienced it or not. Um, True. I know, like a few of my, the songs on the Front Porch Rebel album that we released definitely are not from experience necessarily. <laughs> but but before we went into the studio, I actually sat down and wrote down on my little cheat sheet. What emotion do I need to have coming into this song? And I, I wrote down mm-hmm. different way, things to think about to get me into that headspace for when I did vocals mm-hmm. on those songs. Because I think yeah, cause that's that, really important. Yeah, because as an artist, you're, you know, a lot of people think their job is to sing and let people hear, but that's not your job. Your job is to get people to feel. Absolutely. I have a – I'm kind of weird. I have a – mission statement for my music which is not, not weird. very That's typical but mm-hmm. uh I had you know kind of had a come to Jesus moment with myself a few years ago and and I was like you know why am I doing this and it really made me sit mm-hmm. down and write down a mission statement and my mission in music is to create and execute authentic musical experiences people can deeply feel That's oh we really love good. that that's awesome so if I'm doing that, then I'm successful. And if I go into different projects and I keep that in mind as my goal, then, you know, you can't really go wrong as long as I'm trying to live up to that, regardless of what yeah. other people think success is. Because, see, we got a mission statement for our marriage, and it's to live awesome. a God-inspired marriage. I like it. 
think simple. that's awesome. I mean, I mean, I do have a little bit longer version, but that's basically the version is is um the live a God. <laughs> yeah, the short God's version. <laughs> that's the version you can say mm-hmm. on on air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <clears throat> But yeah, you know, again, being authentic. I re- I remember before we started this show, I have a friend of mine from Nashville, and I asked him. He I think he did a podcast ten years ago or something when they were first really beginning. And I asked him, "What advice would you give us?" And and I think this kind of relates to artists too. But he told me that the best thing you can do is just be authentic, because then the right. Because he said, and I love what he said after that. Because he said, if you wear a mask and you're not who you are, one day that mask will come off, and mm-hmm. you'll lose everybody because they were fake anyway. Right. I agree. And one thing and I I've, I've learned. Same way. Yeah. And a lot of people, when they get to Nashville, um, I've had a lot of good people give me great advice from their experiences, and I've tried to learn mm-hmm. from that. And part of that is, you know, I did everything – this producer wanted me to do, or I tried to change my style to this, or tried to do this, or tried to do that, and I never had success until I just did myself. Wow. So I just got back to who I am. And so that was really great for me to hear early on because I realized, mm-hmm. yeah, I could do a bunch of different styles of music, but I want to do whatever is the right type for me. And it took yep. a while to develop it, but I feel mm-hmm. like we got there. And, you know, as an artist, if you get – let's say that you become – now, Grant, I guess some people can live with themselves. But I know that <laughs> most artists, most artists, you could – if they were – became a success and they weren't who they were, they can't live with themselves. They would feel – it, so it would be empty success. And there is a lot of that, unfortunately. Um, I think there is a lot of that, but I also think that – to an extent, you can tell as a, like mm. a listener. I mean, I've always been able to tell when somebody doesn't understand what they're singing about, and that's always been one of my big goals. I want people to be able to feel what I'm singing, not just hear the words or hear the music. I want them to actually um, be able to experience it. Yeah, because songs are supposed to move people. Songs are supposed to make you cry, make you laugh, make you wonder what the heck, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or or help you remind you that you're not alone, or that there are other people out there mm. feeling that as well. And I I think most of us have had experiences where music has been that for us. And and of course I think that's why the whole the Gabby Barrett song I hope is being such a plate everywhere because a lot of women can relate to that song. <laughs> well, yeah. Every I mean, if you can relate to it, then that's really what it's about. It's really not about me as an artist even, it's really about exactly. what can my listeners relate to. So who's been some of your musical influences? So many. Um, <laughs> I started out um, early on, I was a big fan of all the rebels of music, and I guess I kind of still am. Um, Tanya Tucker, Charlie Daniels, Hank Jr., Travis Tritt, the old, kind of the old stuff, you know, Country Club, all that. Um, and then mm-hmm. as I got older and started listening to lots of different genres. I listen to a little bit of everything except probably techno. (laughs) And um, (laughs) uh, I love people like Janis Joplin and Aretha Franklin, Etta James, uh, Grace Potter, Susan Tedeschi, people who just can just 
totally let loose mm-hmm. and completely be free on stage and people that are great entertainers, I think there's a big difference between entertainers and singers mm-hmm. and artists as well. And Definitely. I'd like to be considered in that entertainer group more than just like Garth Brooks. The Nobody singer. does it better Absolutely. Than Garth. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. I was never a big like bandwagon Garth fan, but I saw him twice uh-huh. in the 90s. And then mm-hmm. I saw him after the floods in Nashville a few years ago. He is still the best entertainer I've ever seen in my life. And that is what I aspire to do. You listen to his fast songs and you're like jamming with him. And then he goes to a slow song and you're hanging on every word. And that's magic. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It definitely takes a special part. Yeah, because he definitely changed country music. Yeah, and he was – the thing is, he was super popular. And like I said, I wasn't ever on his bandwagon, but when I saw Mm -hmm. him live – Oh my gosh! <laughs> it, it, it was incredible, and that was back when he was able to jump jump over the uh, out over the audience on a rope. To still, I'm sure insurance changed that. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> you know, they were like, oh, I don't think that's safe. <laughs> you know, I love one of Garth's stories. I remember um, the story where a guy was. I don't know if it was the Bluebird. I need to really look this part up because I don't know this part. <laughs> it, but it was one of the places in Nashville. Yeah, one of the songwriters. Now, it may be Bluebird. I don't know. But the guy was singing a song, and this guy comes up to him and, and says, you know, I'm here in Nashville. I'm new. When I get signed, I want to put that song out. And that was the mm-hmm. dance. Oh, well, hey. So he just changed that, that songwriter's that. life. Yeah. One of the songwriters, you know, hopefully that person was smart enough to say, cool, yeah, let me know. Well, well, well yeah, he, that's, that was one of, that was Garth's first big, big, big song was the dance. Right, and thankfully and, that, that songwriter was smart enough yep, to yep. let it flow, let it fly. Definitely. And from what I understand, I don't know how many songs, but he's written a lot of songs for Garth through the years. So that that you know, again, you, when it comes to music, that's one thing we've learned. You just never know when that breakthrough change is about to happen. And you never know when you might feel like as an artist. One thing I've really learned recently in the last few years is sometimes you feel like you have your worst show ever, <laughs> or you feel like you bomb a show. But it's really not about how I feel about it. And I've had people come up to me and say, oh, that last song. And I just was thinking, oh, I bombed that one. And they're <laughs> like, I could tell you really felt it. And it really hit me. Oh, wow. And that's a good <clears throat> reminder of it's not about how I'm, what I'm doing. It's about how it's being received. And I think that more of us could stand to remember that more often in the music business. You know, that's... That's a really good point because I I had a friend of mine, and actually a couple of people said the same thing, but one friend really said, who was a, he did a lot of public speaking stuff, and he recalled one time where he came off stage and he felt like that was the worst speech he ever gave, worst. Mm-hmm. And then he, five years later, he met somebody who was a big motivational speaker because of that speech. Yeah. It's amazing how sometimes when we when we're criticizing ourselves the impact is actually much bigger than we will ever know. Exactly. So when you look back on your career at this point in your life, what are some moments where you're like, "Wow, I got to do that." 
Mm, for as far as music, music, uh, life, I, anything, and but music too, of course. Well, I've always music's always been a part of me, and um, I prayed about it. I prayed about it. Uh, I actually took a semester off school because I was having a hard time keeping music in my life while I was going through mm-hmm. the program I was in because it was just so busy. So I ended up mm-hmm. taking a semester off so that I could focus on that creativity side. And I really learned I have, even if I'm in in a spot or a job where I take care of other people, I have to take care of myself too. And yeah. I mean, that's invaluable. Um, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was from my first guitar teacher, Joe Bennett, who had a top 10 hit when he was, or a top 40 hit when he was, no, it was top 10, top 10 hit when he was 15. Uh, and it was a mm-hmm. rockabilly oh, wow. tune called Black Slacks. <laughs> and um, and uh, Simon and Garfunkel had just broken into the top 40. And, and Joe said, you know, when do you write your songs? And I said, well, when they come to me. And he said, well, we lost our record deal because we could only write when songs came to us. Mm. And he said, so I want you to work on trying to make it a skill, not just a talent. And like honing your craft. So he gave me a title and said, I want you to write this to this title. He just gave me a random title. Mm -hmm. And the next week I came in and he said, I thought about that. That was probably a little too hard. And I handed him the song. (laughs) But (laughs) especially preparing somebody for Nashville, that was absolutely invaluable Mm -hmm. because he set me up to realize you have to work at your skill. Even if you're talented, if you don't work at it Mm -hmm. and make it, a craft and hone your craft, then it's only going to be so good. It's the, it's the whole talent without hard work isn't as good as hard work without talent. Yeah, because just because God gives you a talent doesn't mean it just comes. You know, a lot of people think, uh, you know, they look at these people on stage, whether it's an artist, motivational speaker, it doesn't matter, anything creative, and they're like, oh, they just got so much raw talent, you know, it just comes naturally to them. And I'm like, Actually, no, it doesn't. <laughs> well, and the, the, yeah. the raw part might be there, but if they don't, if they don't, uh, don't hone it. Yeah, and if they don't like make it grow and nurture it, then it just stands still and sometimes goes away. And that's the sad so. part. I've seen a lot of people do that, where, where like you said, you know, they do things. You know, I, I remember hearing a quote one time that talked about um, people with interests do things when it comes to them. People with commitment do things, period. I agree, yeah. And and that's mm-hmm. where I see you're at, you know, because, again, you know, either you're, you know, I remember Allison Steele from Two Still Girls, we interviewed her back in 2014, and I, and I say her quote every time on this show, and the reason I do <laughs> this is, is, and you'll see why the quote is, I think every person needs to hear this before they really step out into the music world to go full-time. She was full-time in the music business at that point, and she said, this is going to sound funny coming – because I asked her what advice would she give someone else. She said, this mm-hmm. is going to sound funny coming from someone who's full-time at this. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that and just let music be a hobby. Oh, I she agree. Goes, she said there's so much sacrifice, not just on you, your family, your body. She goes, you have to eat different. You have to think different. You have to sleep different. She goes, she goes. There's such a heavy sacrifice here that if if you go full time, then 
you can have a bad day, but you can't have a bad day on that stage. Absolutely. You, 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 it could be a song you hate because and of that day. you have to keep singing it. But, yep, got to get up there and sing it. So she said there are times where we dread to get on that. She said we love what we do, but there are days that we hate it. But because mm-hmm. we're full-time, we have to do it anyway. She goes, but once we get on stage, then, you know, we, we're in the zone then. You know, she goes, but dragging up there, it's like sometimes you have to drag yourself. But once you do it, good to go, and then you nail it like you're supposed to. And then you get off that stage, you're like, okay, I did it. <laughs> you know, but sick or not sick, like she said, she goes, but if, you're go- if your heart won't allow you to do anything else outside of this, then go all in or you'll never make it anyway. I agree. I always tell people I wouldn't wish this business on anybody in the world, (laughs) especially prior to making it to that level where you can be full time. Mm -hmm. But if it chooses Mm -hmm. you, it chooses you. And you don't have it. And this this even chose me because even though we're, we're on the other side where we interview up and coming artists and we're running new country media and all that, um, I tell you what, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> now, we've done many different things in the business world. We've made mm-hmm. money here, lost money here. Made, but this has been one of the hardest ventures I've ever, ever done. I love it, though. And it's like – and see, when Sandy and I married, I was this big person in the audio motivational stuff. And I was one of the people that believed if you were listening to music in your car, you were, dece- you, you were depriving yourself of, of – some type of business motivation. I wow. Sandy. Yeah, yeah, I was mm-hmm. that far off. Sandy, I marry her, and she's this hardcore country music person. So she's okay. like, oh, all I want to listen to is audio. All she want to listen to is music. So we mm-hmm. had we Absolutely. we did finally come to a compromise where we did fifty fifty split. You know, now I don't agree with, with what I did. I still believe in audios and all that, but I understand the power of music now. I did didn't did and it's one of them things where we launched new country buzz back in 2014 um and we end up we actually got to interview kelsey ballerini before everybody knew her which was really cool she was she <laughs> was actually one of our uh, participants at songwriter girl camp when i was on staff with it she's probably oh, our wow. most successful oh, wow. one with kirstie <laughs> mana songwriter girl camp she was one of our uh participants but in oh, 2015 we end up shutting everything down for personal reasons. And, I mean, I, I tried to push the music thing away. So I pushed, I tried to push it so far that I even let go of the domain New Country Buzz. I just let it go. Didn't renew it. Mm-hmm. So, But every six months, I would check, up, oh, nobody's bought the domain. <laughs> up, six months later, nobody's bought the domain. And I remember in the end of 2018, <laughs> I told Sandy, I was like, I, I think we need to relaunch and finish what we started. Yeah. <laughs> and because yeah. again, she she done brainwashed me into this music stuff now. Not <laughs> <laughs> such a bad way it's to brainwash somebody. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and and it's like I couldn't <clears throat> get it out of my hair. So I when I think of you know Allison's quote, I'm like, I I don't feel like I can do anything now. Right. And so that's where we are mm-hmm. here. So so we're in the same boat as y'all artists are because. We're struggling to keep this thing afloat too. So we, you know, I think that makes us some of the best best hosts of shows because we're right there with you. Right. <laughs> yes, we well, are. Well, and I always say the the reason that doing something 
you know, doing something creative like this, like mm-hmm. acting, like singing, like performing, yeah. starting your own business, depending on if it's in a creative world, there's not a blueprint. No. There is not one thing you can follow and you will 100% be successful. A lot of businesses, there are blueprints. Yeah, true. And a lot of people don't understand mm-hmm. that. It's not a, you can take this 10 steps and you are going to be successful. <laughs> you could take these 10 steps and have zero success. And you could mm-hmm. take these other 40 steps and somehow end up successful. Or you could take these two steps and it might be the right steps and be successful. And there's no set blueprint. Yep. And see, I always like to flip the switch. You know, once we get to the highs like we just did with you, I always like to flip the switch because, again, that, this is where I think most hosts don't go down the road. I like to hear the struggles too because I, I think it helps people who listen to know, oh, wow, you, wow, they went through that, 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 and they're still chasing that dream. Like we had Ava Page on as one of our first guests, and – She's still chasing this the crazy music dream, and she's got cancer, and mm-hmm. she ain't letting that stuff. She didn't let cancer define her. Still out there, hardcore, you know, and all that. And that's what I love about about the up and coming industry of the people that we've met so far. Is like y'all just don't quit. So because of that, what are some of the sacrifices slash struggles that you've had to experience in the last few years of trying to chase this dream? that people wouldn't understand in most cases. There are there are quite a few. I mean, one, it's 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 somewhat a lonely business until you mm-hmm. find people that are like minded. Uh there there are great people and I I'm finding that the higher I get, the better the people I'm encountering, which mm-hmm. kind of sounds different, but <laughs> it's true, um, and uh, one of the one of the reasons why I think that a lot of times when people are struggling, they want to mm-hmm. be around people that can help them get farther, and they forget that it's not just about it's it's not just about that. It's about also still reaching your audience no matter where you are, mm-hmm. and that's something I have to remind myself. You know, I'm guilty of it at times too, but I have to remind myself of that. But also, I, I mean. The struggle to survive on music is extremely hard. I I put this out there one time. I said, if you listen to music, if you watch movies or TV shows, and you're not paying for art, what would you do if all of those of us who create stopped creating because we couldn't make a living? Yours might have been the thing I've seen. That. I've seen a big meme that talked about that. It talked about the different stuff that wouldn't exist without music. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, can you imagine if we all stopped because we couldn't eat? You know, then <laughs> the world, people take it for granted that the music's available. They take it advantage, take it for granted that all these, this entertainment, all this creativity is out there. But then mm-hmm. unless you're really successful – they look down on artists. They look down on struggling artists or actors. They Especially say, "Oh, that's parents. you know, that's a waster, that or waitress, or oh, you're in the music too." But the thing is, every person that's become successful has had that desire to fight through the struggles to get there. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I think and sometimes a- there's a little bit of a jealousy with it too that they don't understand it mm-hmm. because they haven't experienced it. 
But if they enjoy the music, if they enjoy the art, if they enjoy the shows, it's worth it to support those people. And I'm so thankful for the people that do. That That's a really good point. Yeah, because even mm-hmm. parents can can fall into that um, category. I'm, and, and I, again, this is another issue I bring up on every show is, one you know, one thing I hate, and I see this on Facebook all the time and all that, where parents are like, I want my kid to be a doctor. I want my kid to be a – and then their kid wants to sing. Oh, no, you've got to have a job. You've got to do – that's not a career. That's not going to ever make you money. That's not going to do this. That's not – and I'm like, what if God has got them on that path and you're about to steal it from them? Because you, know, you don't know what path Absolutely. God has, has people on. And I'm like, you know what? Here's the thing you know, that I don't think people get is – it's their passion. What if they fall? What if they never make it? Well, the parent can then be their shoulder to lean on when, if that day comes. You right. know, but but don't sit there and put them down for wanting to do music. This is, you know, like you just said. I think that's one of the most biggest misconceptions is if people wants to do music, then they're lazy. They're, uh-huh. they're you know, I, I've heard they it. Don't you know, have they're lazy. They, oh, yep. Oh, we we and we even even though we're trying to do business stuff, we hear that we've heard. Why uh-huh. don't you you know again? Because they people know we struggle still because we're trying to find our little path here, <clears throat> and um, we do like side gigs to stay afloat. And uh, you don't know Absolutely. how many people through the years have said, "Why don't y'all just get real jobs?" I'm like, but we're living the life that we want to live. We're yeah, doing I would rather be this. doing what I love. <laughs> we're doing this our way. And mm-hmm. no, it don't pay our bills yet. We believe it will be, and and you know what? And if you know, but I, but sometimes I feel like I'm in that song "Free and Easy," where that that part where he talks about I can make a million bucks or wind up broke, free and easy yep. down the road. I I feel like we're right there. We're like, well, we can have a breakthrough this way, or we're gonna wind up. Bro- <laughs> and who knows where that path might change or where it'll lead you? I mean, I'm a big believer in that. I mean. Mm-hmm. My parents definitely had we had some of those little struggles of yeah, we know you're happy but we want you to be, you know, secure financially too, blah 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 and <laughs> you know, I finally got to a point where I just said, I know that you want the best for me. And I know that you love me and you told me I could do anything I wanted to do, which I warned parents <laughs> that if you mm-hmm. tell your kids that they might listen. So be careful. <laughs> <laughs> but I said um don't you want me to be spiritually and emotionally happy and secure too? And I said, I, I, you don't have to support me, but I would love for you to. And yeah. they absolutely do. Yeah. And honestly, my dad going to the studio for a whole day to record a, to do a full recording of a song mm-hmm. for the first time, my mom being around for my music video, <laughs> it gave them a different perspective of how hard we work and yeah. I mean the hours that we put in to perfect things the little details that nobody knows if they're not behind the scenes mm-hmm. I mean you you could be going through every drum track and like listening to every miss hit or every vocal and trying to hit it exactly right or moving it make sure it's in the right spot and it takes a lot of intricate details and a lot of different creative brains and it's it's hard work, and people <laughs> don't see that unless they're around it. And that's so true. Uh, you know, again, people just have this misconception that, you know, that, you know what, 
it's not a job. It's not a career. But it is a career. You know, like like I remember Joe Kelly. We interviewed Joe Kelly from CDX Nashville, and he was telling us that because one of my questions to him was about things like um, these digital formats that you you basically get nothing. And I was like, people tell me all the time, well, I'm not ever paying for music again because it's free. And I, and I asked him, um, since he's big into the business side of the music, I was like, um, how do we change that perception or, has, or do we? And he said, oh, that ship's been sailed. He says, that will never change. He says, he says, we, he says, we've went too far that way with free music that you'll never get people to fully support the buying. He says, but now other things have come into play that's been bigger than they ever were. He says, because of the tools of the Internet, people can make, you know, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars a year as an independent artist without a label mm-hmm. through merchandise, through other avenues, through the, you know, that they're doing. He says, he's, I've got a lot of friends, so they don't want to be a part of a label because they're doing it their way, and they make a really good income, and people would never know. And they're not having to pay it all back. <clears throat> True. And and they get to do what they believe in versus doing what they're told. Exactly, because that's what he said was the big thing is we're moving into an, an era that's going to be a huge independent explosion. Oh, yeah. That's absolutely. And the Internet has been wonderful for that because it makes it available. It makes it to where you can get your music everywhere. I've, I mean, mm-hmm. I have my current single, Throw a Little Gas, is playing in on a bunch of stations in, like, Australia and U.K. and even the parts of the Netherlands. And it's, it's pretty cool, like, that it's going all the way around the world because of technology. And yeah. I think that instead of being – mad at consumers who is ultimately mm-hmm. who we want to reach we have to mm-hmm. just educate people yeah and just say hey yeah. i'm so glad that you're loving my music in order for me to do this i need your support i'm not asking for a handout i'm asking and and one of the biggest things i've heard is if somebody doesn't want to pay for music you say you know do you what if you went to work and did all your job and the company made a ton of money on it, and they decided not to pay you. Well, I wouldn't work there. Well, that's exactly what musicians do every day. Yep. We, we get up and true. we create, and we create, and we create. And we may never make a dime on a hundred of mm-hmm. – you may, we might make money on one of our hundred songs. Mm-hmm. We know there's a bigger pur- purpose for us doing it, and we know it's part of us, and – we recognize how important music is. Exactly. And, and, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about how you just hear the same stuff over and over and over in music, and I'm like, well, do you support indie artists? No. Well, then mm-hmm. there's the problem. You, you can't expect fresh new stuff and then at the same time um, expect um, and not pay because eventually right. – the good artists are going to start, even though it's their passion, they can, you can only go but so long without making much. Mm-hmm. And eventually the yeah. really good people are just going to back away, and then you're going to just have all this watered-down music. Well, and if, if they're saying that, then they're not trying to look for it because it's out there. It's not hard to find great indie music. <laughs> if you have a style, you can look up oh, a yeah. style, and you can find tons of artists of that style. And 
We have and, we have over two hundred on our site. Yeah, and it's one of those things where if you're only listening to terrestrial radio, then mm-hmm. yeah, you're only going to hear what Clear Channel thinks is awesome. But if you branch Which out just is good a little and bit, not. yeah. Well, but if you branch out just a little bit. You discover, I mean, I have a, there's a Spotify playlist that I follow and promote a lot called Indie Artists You Should Know. And cool. I think it's great because it's a lot of people that I actually do know in person and people mm-hmm. who I think are really great. And it's all indie artists. Mm-hmm. And it's people that I think people in the world should know. So it's a one way for me to promote my friends who I think are amazing and need to be heard. That's really cool. Um, so, we're about to take a small break, and then we're going to okay. come back and pl- and play your your song, and we'll talk about that. How does that sound? Awesome. <laughs> Computer froze. <laughs> Might not be taking a break yet. <laughs> don't don't ah, you love technology? Froze. Technical difficulties. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us about about the song. We might not get to play it. I don't know yet. Um, we'll play it soon. Hopefully we get um, to. Hey, everyone. We have partnered there, with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at the sportsguyspodcast.com.
So what inspired that? I think that I had the hook already, and mm-hmm. my co-writer, Steve Goody, came over, and anybody that knows uh, Steve knows that he's known as a comedian writer. And he picked up my guitar that I had just gotten, which mm-hmm. was an electric. So it was the first time I had an electric guitar, a little squire, and he picked it up and plugs the amp in, and he just said, hmm. He started playing a little something, and it just turned into this little bluesy rock tune that we both dug, <laughs> and we just kept writing it. It's, it's funny because people that know Steve well, they're like, wait, he wrote a song that's not a comedy song? And I'm like, yeah, he's pretty talented. He can write a little bit mm-hmm. of everything, and it surprises people sometimes. Um, but it was just a fun Fun song, blues rock. It has a little spice to it, which I think more music needs to have a little spice to it. Some some music yeah. I hear on the radio is a little vanilla. And I'm like, <laughs> I love vanilla ice cream, but when it comes to music, I want to hear something with some sparkles or with some peanut butter or some, you know, cinnamon thrown on it. And it's, it's just a little spicy tune, and it fits my style, which I call southern rock and soul. It's a little bit of country, a little bit of blues, and a little bit of rock. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Now, hopefully, so, yeah. we don't. You know, we. I, I figured out what was wrong with the computer. The internet was a little. I think Sandy looked, and Xfinity says there's an outage in our area. So hopefully, we make it through. Yeah. That. So hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it doesn't that's go a, completely that's, out. <laughs> that's the one yeah. bad thing about going live. You know. Yeah. You just never know. You just never know what's going to happen. But sometimes that's, that's when the most fun happens. That's, <laughs> that's true. That's right. Because you gotta, you've got to roll with the punches on things. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so as you know, within the country music world, it's really tough for the country music women right now. What do you think about what's all going on right now within the whole genre? <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I just don't pay attention to a lot of the this and that, this and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like if we're making music that we love, we can't control what other people are going to do. We can't control what yeah. they're going to play. All mm-hmm. we can do is keep trying to put out the best music we can. The more upset we get about stuff, the more it's going to reflect in our music and the less that it's mm-hmm. going to be played. I think the more That's people when... complain about it instead of just pumping out songs they believe in, the less they're going to get played. And I think it could backfire. I think that if you're, like we said earlier, if you're being authentic to yourself and your music, the mm-hmm. right people will find you. And I you might not want answer. the wrong people to find you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true because, you know, something we've learned with different stuff we've done through our life and our marriage is when the, you know, like I used to create websites for people. I don't do that no more. I learned my lesson doing that because we, we created like a really affordable website. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. When you count affordable, then you get the wrong clientele. And yes. I mean, we're talking. They want they're, they're, they want me to do a website for four hundred dollars, which was my price because I did basic stuff. Mm-hmm. But then they uh-huh. wanted three thousand dollars worth of stuff done right. for that price. <laughs> I learned yes. my, a valuable lesson there. <laughs> Well, and, th- and there's a reason that sometimes people say if you have to ask the price, mm-hmm. you can't afford it. But And sometimes people sell themselves short that way. Yeah. 
I yeah, have found the that trying to be there fair. are people. Well, I have found there are people that charge a lot of money in this town, but mm-hmm. if they know that you're working your butt off and you're paying for stuff yourself, they will give you a discount. They will help you out. Mm-hmm. If, but if you're a label coming in there, they're going to charge you full price because they know the label's going to pay mm-hmm. for it. That's right. <laughs> that, that's funny. Uh, we've got a friend of mine that um, owned a big piece of property, and a piece of it was adjoining to a Walmart. And okay. And um, that piece, the piece of this Walmart needed. And he was telling me, he goes, Walmart reps were really stupid. Um, they said they actually came to me and says, you know, we'd like to buy a piece of this. We represent Walmart. <laughs> he says, well, that, he said, well, the price just went up ten times. Knowing oh, that. absolutely. <laughs> he, he said they bought it. He was, he was, he's, I was happy. But if it had been Joe Blow, I would have sold it ten, ten times less. <laughs> absolutely, and honestly, I, you know, some I always ask if there's a possibility that. Um, I had this happen with one of the musicians. I'm not going to name names, but uh, on my album, who's a really well-known and great musician. And mm-hmm. I got his, I asked him if he was available and asked him what his price was. And he told me, mm-hmm. and, and I just went back to him and I said, I'll make it work. But if you have any wiggle room, I'm paying for this for my, by myself. Is there any, if, if you can work with me, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. And he came back and said, how about we just do a day rate? And it, it, it was significantly lower. Oh, wow. And the thing is, as long as you're respectful about it and you're appreciative, mm-hmm. if you ask, the worst thing they can say is no. Exactly. And as long as you don't get mad if they do say no, because it might be that they need that, that money coming in. But a lot of times, especially the people that have been successful, if they understand that you're paying for it and you're working hard for it, they'll help you out if they can. Yeah, Sandy will be the first to tell you that all through our marriage, there's been things I've asked for that most people would be like, are you crazy? And we get it. We do. Well, it's, it's amazing have, how many times that's happened. I called Artemis Pyle, one of the drummers from Leonard Skinner, and asked him if he could play a show to fill in for my drummer one time. Oh, well. And oh, well. My, yeah. my theme for the year was if you don't, um, if you don't ask, the answer is no. And it took yep, a lot of courage exactly. for me to call and make mm-hmm. that phone call. And he played with us. And, like, we're buddies oh, wow. now. And, I mean, it was pretty amazing to have Leonard Skinner's drummer right behind me. I'm oh, wow. <laughs> really cool. Yeah. And I would have been upset like... if he had said no. Just the fact that, you know, he called me back would have been good enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like we – um, and we're not sure if it's ever going to come to pass, but we, we do a weekly show on Wednesdays called State of the Music Business. As you mm-hmm. All the other days we interview artists. Well, the Wednesday shows we interview – um, executives from the business side of music to try to give a different mm-hmm. perspective. And there's one person I've been trying to get, and I might get to get him by April. But John Snyder, we got a, we might have a chance with him. And I, I thought all I could do is ask, right? Absolutely. And I'm not saying we're gonna get him. I, we may not. We may never. Yeah, get him, we don't you know. know what? Mm-hmm. But you know what? I asked. That's all that matters. I've even pitched. Um, the Warner and I let them know that hey, if you got any up and coming artists that you want to interview, you know, because even though I believe in indie artists, I want artists period that are up and coming, right. who's not who's really not made it yet, whether they're signed Absolutely. or not. Um, um, yeah. And so mm-hmm. I let them know we're here because as far as I know, and, and again I could be wrong on this, 
far as I know, we're the only show that allows the up-and-coming artists to tell their story. I don't know of any other – because most people, they give you know, 10, 15 minutes. So there's no time to really get the story. I want the raw story, and that's because when Sandy and I started the show, I was like, how can we be unique? Well, you know, everybody interviews everybody nowadays. <laughs> like, yeah. where, where is our niche? And I was like, you know, I got it. I've always been a big in the storytelling. I love stories. All these up-and-coming artists have stories that ain't getting out there um, because nobody wants to do that. It's like, we'll do that. And that's where, how it all got. And you're our 30th artist that we interviewed. Awesome. So we're still in the, the new phase. I like it. <laughs> so, so we're growing, and, and we're excited about that. Um, now, if you had mm-hmm. a magic wand, um, and, I, and I'll tell you why I, I'm asking this in this way in a minute, but if you had a magic wand and what you're about to say will come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I ask it this way is because February 11th of this year was the five-year anniversary of us asking Kelsey Ballerini that same question, and five years later, she's living what she told us. Well, I don't necessarily put time limits on things, but I would like to be performing all over the world with my Mm -hmm. band and creating music and getting to interact with people and really living my mission statement, like creating and executing musical experiences people can feel and making a living at it, traveling. I would love to do an a- do some ASE and USO tours. They are so mm-hmm. hard to get into now. And, <laughs> I, I mean, I have a, a great love for the people, men and women that serve our country and our military, mm-hmm. regardless That's of politics. Awesome. Like, I hate politics, but I support the people that are actually keeping us safe. And yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I want to be surviving on it to where, I'm, mm-hmm. where I am full-time and where I – can be on the road and enjoy coming home because I'm on the road so much. Cause I, I love being on the road. I'm a bit of a gypsy. I've had the opportunity <laughs> to go on the road actually in a totally different capacity as a, a personal trainer. And mm-hmm. the good thing about that is a lot of artists think they want to be on the road. They get out there and they hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been on the road and I love it. <laughs> so, so I'm just, I hope to be touring and uh, enjoying getting to get my music out there and being creative and making a living mm-hmm. with the talents I've been given. So at this point in your life, what drives you? Hmm. That's such a multifaceted question. Um, I think that life's too short to say, oh, well, I can do this then or when I have the money or this and that. I finally mm-hmm. got to a point where I was like, all right, God, I need help finding the money because I can't use that as an excuse anymore. Yeah. And any little obstacle I get to, I kind of say, okay, I need help with this next step. I don't need mm-hmm. to know the whole plan. <laughs> I just need to exactly. know the next step. And if I'm on the right path, and if I'm not on the right path, put me on a different path. If this is still my path, then give me some signs that it's still the right path. And thus far it has been. Yeah. And thus far, anytime I've gotten to that point, mm. I've gotten answers. And so I, I still believe this is my path. And in, as long as I believe that and it's my passion, I'll keep following it. Yeah, and if at some point, at some just... point I'm told something different, then I'll turn and <laughs> go towards don't that. Don't you wish God could just appear and say, okay, you're going exactly where I want you to go. When it makes things so much easier. <laughs> 
Well, I think that I think that in some ways he does, but sometimes our paths are just different than what we want them to be, especially. Because that you know that's like um, we we go to Jackson. We live in Savannah, Georgia, right now. We go to Jacksonville, Florida, a lot back and forth. And mm-hmm. and for years, I thought want to move to Florida, want to move to Jacksonville, want to move to Jacksonville. Wanna, but it seemed like I can't. You know, we go there so much. We even attend churches down there when we're down there. And I guess we go two or three times a month, and it's like I can't never create any, like, real friendship, even though, I mean, again, still create good friendships at a distance, you know. So I, it just didn't seem like all, I was creating any type of authentic friendship. It never connected. Mm-hmm. It just ne- just never connected. And one day, Sandy and, I, Sandy and I were talking, and we're like, and I told I said, do you realize 90% of our contacts are in Nashville? Mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, I didn't know that." And, and and I'm sitting there like, I wonder if we've had this desire to move to Florida, and God's had this setup in Nashville behind the scenes, and we're sitting there like, "Wow, you know." So we started doing some investigating and all that, and well, guess what? We're planning on eventually moving to Nashville. <laughs> we feel like God pushed us this way for some reason, so we're going. Absolutely. Are you here? Uh oh. Is she here? I don't know. Is it still showing? It's it's still showing. You know what? I guess that'll be a wrap for now. She's not on here. Uh, There we Uh, are. Oh my goodness. Oh, there we are. Okay. Oh, wow. (laughs) Can you hear me? Yeah, we I can. can. I don't know what happened. Sorry, technical <laughs> difficulty. I just all of a sudden yeah, couldn't hear anything or see again. anything. Or <laughs> you know what's funny? <laughs> wow. What's funny about all that was our very first show we uh, was uh, with Ashlyn Grace and also yes. Ava Pate. And I told Sandy that on that first show, my big I'm not scared of talking. I'm fine with talking. I can come up. I can make up stuff if I have to <laughs> on the on the go. Oh yeah. But my my biggest fear was was technology messing up. Mm-hmm. And I guess God heard that because um like several minutes into Ashlyn's thing, everything went blank. Just <laughs> like it just did then, except for even Sandy and I couldn't hear each other. I mean we I mean just blog talk just went completely out. And oh, it did. So, it was me that was for like two or now. three minutes. For about two or three minutes we finally got oh, her wow. back mm-hmm. on, us back on and then we finished everything yeah. up. But it was like this little pause there and I'm like, okay, I guess God said this was your biggest fear. Okay. Let's get that out of the way. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, well, I've had moments in, in the, my career. I had a a bad car wreck that gave that I had nerve pain for three years and then ended up having hand surgery. And I had laryngitis for about nine months after that and uh, during that. And I didn't realize it until I got asked to play a three-hour show by myself that I was scared to death to play by myself again. Oh, wow. And so when I got asked to play it, I said yes. Instead of, you know, walking away from the fear, I was like, I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm going to do it because that's the only way to get over it is just to face it and get Mm -hmm. back out there. Like they say, if you fall off a horse, the the best thing you can do is get back Mm -hmm. on it or you'll never ride again. And it, it happened so over time because of my nerve pain, I had been having uh, 
a guitar player friend or my teacher mm-hmm. play or setting up rounds with people that could help play. And it, I, it didn't even dawn on me that I had not been playing and singing by myself until it was put in front of me. And I was like, ooh, I got to get over that. And, I, and I'm going to face it. And I might bomb, but at least if I face it, I will have been through it and I can move forward. That's like that first show, because, of course, being live, anything can go wrong, like we just found out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember that first show, like, I log in 10 minutes beforehand, and as you heard before we got started, it was like 10 minutes until showtime, nine minutes <laughs> until showtime. And mm-hmm. I'm sitting there like, I don't know if I like this clock or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> it always every, does it. Every, yeah. every minute – my stomach is like, oh, okay, we're getting close. Because, you know, that was our very first – now, we've done interviews mm-hmm. in the past, like I said, 2014. But it was our first one for the Chris and Sandy show and done this way and done live. Because back in the 2014-2015 era, what we did was we'd record them, and then I would type. And, and I think this is one of the reasons we shut down. I got tired of doing this. Is I transcribed the whole interview, and it became wow. a rut. And, yeah. and, and it just became a rut. And I mm-hmm. got to where I it hated did. doing the interviews. Yeah, and that made it you know, not fun. <clears throat> and so with the new technology, I love this better where I can just can go live. I ain't got to worry about it, and it's up there. And whatever happens, happens. You know, <laughs> I've had yeah. no major boo-boos so far, except for little small little things like that. But even even when you're listening to country radio, sometimes you're like, oh, that station went out for a while, for a little bit. It happens. Even, yeah. I mean, even every, I always joke that at writer nights and stuff, if I screw up, I'm always like, that's how you know I'm a professional because I screw up. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we're a family show, we always like to bring our little one on. He always asks, likes to ask one question. Yeah. And, okay. And, you know, he's eight years old. Awesome. He's going to go on to her phone. <clears throat> but I do love this blog talk where I can just give a phone number out and people call in. I like that. It's, yeah. Makes it so much easier than using Skype or anything like that. Okay, yes, here I he is. Here's just audio or video. <laughs> yep. yes. Hi. Uh, uh, hi, what's your favorite food? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I probably would say, even though I typically like salt stuff, it's probably ice cream with peanut butter in it, like vanilla ice cream with peanut butter. Does that mm-hmm. count as food or is that just dessert? <laughs> Okay. See, when you get to be an adult, one of the perks is you can eat d- dessert first and then your meal after. <laughs> uh, okay, bye. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> bye. <laughs> yeah, he's quick and to the point. <laughs> yep, he's like, all right, that's what I wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, like, bye. We haven't, we haven't taught him how to, like, because he's a little speech delayed right now, so we got him in speech therapy. Yeah. So awesome. he's not – so he's getting better, but he's not learning, okay, you ask the question, and then you can kind of – hopefully I can get him into actually holding a conversation with people other than kids. <laughs> he's <laughs> yes. also a boy, and a little boy, and he's got so many yep. things on his mind. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. My, my nephew never wanted to talk on the phone. We, they'd be like, talk to your aunt. He'd say, <laughs> hi. <laughs> Love you, <laughs> bye. <laughs> 
He doesn't really talk either, like to Memaw and all that, you know. Yeah. But, he, he, but if I if I was to not let him come on to ask his one question, he'd be upset all day. Oh, <laughs> well, that's awesome. He loves to be part of the show with us. Yeah, is, I think that's it's great. fun. <laughs> Make it so makes it a family have, event. And that's it what does. we're trying to do is develop a whole and that and that was something that and I've got a fr- I've got a couple of friends of mine through the years that have even they they have questioned our sanity because again we we've, <laughs> we've been married 17 years and we've been a 24/7 couple the whole time. We mm-hmm. that's but that's the way we chose to live our marriage. And right. so we do things to because if we got regular jobs that wouldn't happen. So we do things that keeps us together. And several friends of mine through the years have always said, said they would come to me sometimes and say, you know, why don't you just get a job? I was like, that's not how we want to live our life. We, we're, you know, we, yeah, we struggle, but we're doing it our way. And one day we're going to find that little avenue that works with us together. And we finally found that. And, it's took an and money is not the only thing it's about. Exactly. That's we right. like our time. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. like, like the five love languages, uh, I think um, they say that it's almost impossible for both husband and wife to have the same love language. Well, we do. We have t- quality time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we want yeah. – you know, I, I married her to be with her, not apart, 60, 70 hours a right. week. Right. Like most people. <laughs> and I just I did not want to live – I would rather be single than live a marriage like that. That's just my opinion. And so I was right. looking for – and everybody's for, different and- – so mm-hmm. when you know, so when we met, that was one of the that was actually a deal breaker. I went through a lot of women because that was a deal breaker. I, I <laughs> wanted to build a legacy with somebody, and us be together all the time, building that legacy together. And of course, with this independentness of most people, that was a big no go <laughs> for most. But again, well, I, mean, I wasn't I wasn't of, trying to push it on them. I was like, I'll find that person that like likes this idea. Well, and a mm-hmm. lot of people don't understand different types of lifestyles. I know for me, I know that it's been it's difficult that a lot of people think, oh, it sounds really exciting to be involved with somebody in music. <laughs> and then at some point it dawns on them that this is not a hobby and this is not going to change and it's actually like real life. And a lot of people mm-hmm. would prefer more of a normalcy, more of a normal schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's okay, but it exactly. takes a special it takes special people to be able to experience different schedules, different types of lifestyle than the than the norm, exactly. and appreciate it and be able to deal with it. Because that was again, that was when I was looking for a wife, and I was looking, and <laughs> um, God, I really asked God guide me to this person, and He did, and we met on see we met online on February second of '02. Talked on the phone February 4th, set a wedding date February 18th, and met in person March 4th. And, yes, I did say set a wedding date February 18th. Wow. <laughs> we were that crazy. <laughs> 16 well, days hey, after it worked we, out, though. It did. And we're we, still here. I lost friends over this. I mean, I've got friends of mine back then that said, you're just too crazy for me to even be friends with you. <laughs> and, and well, then that means they're too people. boring to be friends with. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we just knew that God was here. I mean, yeah, you know, we had our first, our fair share of struggles. I went through 19 years of addictions, and first five years of our marriage was still part of that. So, so we've had our fair share of struggles. Um, but you know, 
we wouldn't change it because this is how we wanted to live. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we're doing it our way. But we seen we were up in Pikeville, Kentucky not long ago. We go there a lot because that's where her mom lives. And um, we, we were at the graveyard where her dad is buried. And we seen these two stones. There was a married couple, and it said, we did mm-hmm. it our way. I said, oh, mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And, um, well, and ultimately, you got to just find people that are like-minded. And, I mean, even with music, that's how it is. My band is two brothers and mm-hmm. a sister. Mm-hmm. And I could not oh, ask wow. for a better group of people. And they've become family. And I've always treated it as business. But mm-hmm. because of that, because of that respect, they've become my family. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, and that's and huge. All the time. And they're a huge part of my sound and how they've been a huge part of helping develop the sound that we now have, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. So I've got, so I've got two questions left. One okay. is if you could give any advice, let's say you had a friend and let, they're kind of just getting started in music, um, they're, but they actually do have a good voice, let's say, because, you know, some people think that, it, that they're good because all the, their life, people told them they are and they're not. I've seen tons of that. Uh, but let's say they are. They, they've got a good tone. They've got a good voice. Um, they seem to have a charisma about them, but they are a little scared, but, they're, but they've done a few shows. What would your advice be over the next few years to help them not give up? Because this is tough. Well, I wouldn't wish it on them, but if it's something they want, then it's mm-hmm. kind of like what you were saying before. Like if, if, you, if your heart's not in it, try something else. Um, but I, I think I would say keep doing it. And I think being a little bit nervous when you get on stage is good. If I'm mm-hmm. ever completely so comfortable that I don't get any nerves before a show, then maybe I should quit. Maybe I, maybe my heart's not in it. I um, love you I don't said know. that. I love you know, that you said that. Because <laughs> we have, a, I, again, my, my friend I told you about earlier about that was a motivational speaker. He said he, he spoke in front of 20,000 people. He said, I still get butterflies. He said, the uh-huh. day I don't. Because he says, when I get on that stage, I've got lives in my hands. I've got to move these people. He said, the day I don't get butterflies is the day I need to quit. Because you don't care anymore. Whether it's because <coughs> you don't care or whether it's just not your call. Mm-hmm. But I think also I would say be true to yourself, but mm-hmm. be willing to be malleable and listen to people who have come before you. That's good. Um, I think that some people are so stuck on being themselves that they can't hear critique and advice. Um, I think it's important to be able to hear critique, hear advice, and truly listen to it, take it in, and then Mm -hmm. decide what's Mm -hmm. good for you. Because if you take every piece of advice, you're going to be all over the board. If you take no advice, nobody's going to want to work with you because you're not willing to (laughs) – to learn There's and grow, so you have to know that that have that balance. Yeah, I got two more right, questions, yeah. and then we'll be done for the day. Okay. Um, this first one is a two-part question. You've probably been asked this a million times. The first part of it, but I don't think you've been probably not been asked the second part. But mm-hmm. it's if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what song would y'all write about? Well, it would either be Charlie Daniels or Pink. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's I'm going to too hard to pick one. <laughs> and I have no clue what it would be about because I never know what it's going to be about until I'm in a room with somebody. 
Mm-hmm. And there's no way to know. I mean, it depends on the mood of your co-writer. It depends on your mood. It depends on sometimes you go into a session and you write something totally different than what you had ever thought. So I don't think I can answer the second part of that, honestly, because so I just I, I don't know. That's, that's, I love that answer, though. So <laughs> it, <laughs> what is a question that you wish people would ask you but never do? Is there anything that is there anything that like comes to your mind that when you're like, man, I, w- I wish people would ask about this? Hmm. I'm trying to think now. Now you've got me a little stumped. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we've actually added questions to what we add, like the quirky one. One of the mm-hmm. people told us that, and I know we like that, so we added that into our like, little. Oh, that's <laughs> a good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you. I'm going to say something. I mean. I guess it's something that I, I had this asked to me in a in a meeting one time, and mm-hmm. it was it actually wasn't asked to me, but it was said to a lot of people come in and they're like, "Oh, I'm a singer," mm-hmm. and the person looked at it and said, "I just look at him, and all I can think is, what else is interesting about you?" Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of one-sided singers in town and artists. Yeah. And so I, I think you already asked it, like what other things yep, are, I, what other things do you do, what other things, you know, excite you or, or quirky. I, um, I, I, I love that. I, I love when when we get to the last question because you're not the first to say this, but a lot of times on that last, because I always try to end with that question, yeah, because it it helps us become better hosts. But there's been several times people are like, well, you've kind of already hit that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that I'm glad nobody asked me about having narcolepsy because that would be weird. <laughs> I feel like I throw that in there because it's because I'm strange. <laughs> but no, I think that I think it's good for people to have to think, what do you do outside yeah. of music? Because there are a lot yeah. of people yeah. that probably don't know how to answer that. Yeah, there's some Hopefully they do, like but that. I I think there are a lot of people that don't know how to answer that. <clears throat> so this is the balls in your court now. What do you want? How Uh-oh. people know how they can reach out to you? <laughs> I'm on time. You know, Facebook, Instagram, Amanda P. Cornett. My website is Amanda Page Cornett. No, I am Page. And I'm on Instagram, Twitter, everything. Uh, you can email me. You can order merch. You can find me on Instagram as well. APC Creates is my woodworking and earring and whatever other creative stuff I'm doing outside of music. Uh, you can find me on Spotify, and my music's for sale on Spotify and Apple and Google and Amazon and all of the above places. And <laughs> please follow and like and shoot me a message and say hi. And that sounds like a wrap. We really enjoyed having you today. Thank you so much for having yes. me. And we look forward to down the road having you come back and tell us any updates. Awesome. We're looking at March 13th for the next single release, though. That'll be awesome. Very excited about that, yes. Well, keep us updated, and we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today, even with the small glitches that happenology. We've got to roll with it. I think we rolled with it good. But, yeah, go look her up. Go check out her stuff. Go buy her stuff. Because, again, these indie – 
um, artists, that's how they have to make their living. We want them to flourish. You want them to make their own way. So go out, support them, support their live shows, support their music, share their stuff on Facebook. All that helps. And we'll see you tomorrow. Talk with everybody soon.